0: You're listening to The Soccer Show, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. Give us a follow at Soccer Show 1077. By God, the kids have done it. This is stoppage time here on The Soccer Show, 1077 The Franchise, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. I'm Ryan Chapman. That's Todd Lizabee if you are been with us the whole way you're not stunned at what's happening right now which is a bonus pod that happens after every US men's national team game here at the World Cup and Toddy? we did it Ryan we've got at least screw one the haters more. you and
1: i never had any doubts on the US men's national team advancing to the group stage or to the <laughs> knockout stages they, there was never we have said from the get go that it's been unfair the way people have talked about Greg Berhalter yes
0: his shoes are always really cool yes yes jordan p folk don't need them. Uh, it, one one bit of uh crow eating that does need to happen legitimately, not tongue in cheek. I didn't think we we're gonna start here, but Josh Sargent. Until you got hurt, you were freaking awesome. A guy that I said should not have even been considered to be on the plane to go to Qatar, and he was. He put in a shift. He was For really zero. really good. He was really really good. Just missing the goal, but none of the American forwards can score anyway. So That's who true. cares?
1: That's true. No, it was uh, it was. Honestly, it was a very good performance. Um, knowing that you had to go in and get a goal against a team like Iran that can shut up shop the way that you know we've seen them do in the past. Now, obviously, the England match notwithstanding, if you watch them against Wales, that's a lot better representation of how they play because as we talked about, what was expected goals for England in that 6-2 it game, like 2.6 or correct. something? Correct, yeah, something you know, close so to they, that. They just couldn't miss. Everything, Every chance they got was... A perfect chance and uh, you know Iran also lost their keeper in that match as well it was just kind of a comedy of errors I think you saw a lot more of what Iran are against Wales and that worried me because we knew going into that match that all Iran had to do was keep the United States from scoring yeah and I don't know if you knew this or not Ryan I went back and was looking this morning coming into this match in their last seven matches against teams that had qualified for this World Cup which includes Wales obviously and includes right. England the U.S. men's national team had scored one goal in their last seven matches.
0: And that was old Timmy Weah.
1: That was that was Timothy Weah. That includes a 2-0 loss to Canada. That includes a 2-0 loss to Costa Rica at one point. That includes a 0-0 with Mexico. That includes a 0-0 with Uruguay. That includes losing to Japan and Saudi Arabia. And then 0-0 against England. That's one of eight matches. I guess this would have been the ninth match. And in those eight previous, we had scored one goal. So I had legitimate worries knowing that, A we had to score a goal and b all iran has to do is not allow a goal and with that said i probably 6 minutes into the match i'm like we're going to get a goal yeah. you know like it felt that way very early and iran were always kind of on the back foot and i just I, it's it's been a very good performance i mean when you look at it it's it feels a little different because coming into today you needed a result but right. when you when you step back and look at the entire world cup for the united states men's national team you take away a Walker Zimmerman just boneheaded move. Right. And we're talking about a team that's winning the group or right there yeah. with England, right behind England in the group, you know, and and having maybe one of the most talked about World Cups out there. It's That's the difference between being good and being great. And I think we've been good, and I think we've shown signs of greatness at times.
0: Yeah, and, and, and the, the greatness, though, has not come from really – flourishing, attacking play that's come with a ton of flair. It's come with a United States midfield that sports a man that turned 20 years old today. And and he was amazing. Eunice Musa was great today. And that midfield has run, run for at least the first hour of all three games. Now, obviously, against Wales, Wes McKinney leaves with an injury, and then things kind of go hinky. England, we talked about, there's that 15 minutes after uh, the English subs came in that, that Things got a little topsy-turvy, and then the U.S. settled it back in. And then tonight, I, I thought the midfield was was really good. And, and the only um, the only person that looked like they weren't on the same page as everybody else as far as the defensive setup was Haji Wright, honestly, when, when he right. came in. Right. And, and that's someone defending from the front, which is something that you have to do. But um, if he's the one that that really wasn't on par with everybody else, then that's something that, that you're going to want. And, and obviously – Um, From the second minute, you felt that Christian Pulisic was going to be up for this game. He's been a really nice performer through two games. And it was very early on that he has that darting run through the midfield where he was one touch away from releasing Josh Sargent through on goal. And and that's the Christian Pulisic that we've seen for the United States. That's the Christian Pulisic that we've seen during Project Restart at Chelsea. And really during the Champions League run where he didn't end up getting rewarded by playing in the final. And I think that's what has had American fans so matter, frustrated. Ryan. Yeah, it didn't matter because <laughs> uh, I think Chelsea won that final. Thank you for reminding uh, me. You're welcome. But um, th- I think that's what's had American fans so frustrated about his Chelsea experience is that, and something that I've talked about a lot, is that's not the Christian Pulisic that Chelsea gets right. for the most part. Well, I, and, I think one of the things that
1: attracts me to soccer as just a fan, just as a neutral is that a lot? And, and I've told you before, like a lot of my love for soccer comes from my love of basketball as a kid because right. there are a lot of similarities to me. And one of those is like, and you'll see this all the time, especially if you follow the NBA and you follow the Thunder around here. There are certain guys who just don't work on certain rosters. Yeah. And on certain rosters, they just gel correctly with them. You know, I mean, if you want an extreme example of that, I'd say this all the time. If Tom Brady got drafted, got drafted by the Buccaneers. We wouldn't be talking about him as the greatest quarterback of all time. Like a lot of it is, you got to be in the right situation. And I think for players like Pulisic, especially young American players, I think it's hard for them to find the right situations in Europe. Because I think, especially in England, it's the stigma starting to go away, but there's always been the stigma with American players. And they always kind of get shoehorned into this role that they have to play as the. And then. You know, one mistake, and it's, oh, God, it's right. the American, you know? Right. So I think we're starting to lose that stigma a little bit, but I just think in general, I think he probably feels a little less, it's weird to say this because this obviously wasn't the case today, but I just think within the locker room, he probably feels a little less pressure with the U.S. men's national team than he does with Chelsea. Yeah. Probably feels like he's more of a part of the long-term vision of the men's national team. Than with Chelsea and and it's just human nature that makes you settle in and play better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And now you've got um if the stigma was there based off of three group stage games where Tyler Adams has run the run the midfield, where Eunice Musa at again just turned twenty years old today, has gone out there and been just unbelievable as far as his composure, what he does both in the setup of that structure clogging the midfield, but then when the U.S. springs into attack, how right, he basically right. is able to slide out and play the role of an, not really a winger, but almost an outside midfielder that helps overload the flanks. And that helped a lot today as Musa and Timothy Way and Sergio Dest were a, a ton of fun combining out there on that right flank. Iran gave the U.S. plenty of space and that's where the goal came from a big cross over to Sergio Des, who immediately headed it back on goal and this are the kind of finish that Christian Pulisic whether he's been right. flying high whatever just a look this isn't the going to go into it wasn't a beautiful goal yeah it's not it going to go into
1: the top 10 goals actually it was of the a World beautiful Cup, goal but you know what i mean
0: but he is so good at attacking the ball inside the 6 yard box and by any means necessary if it's a Almost a half volley at his hip, connecting. Right. If, if it following- was hockey,
1: he'd be scoring goals and hitting the goalie, and the and then knocking the net off. Yes, the correct. ice As he score, yeah, correct. As yeah. he, uh, that's as he what ga- he
0: does. No, he gave up his body. I- so now we've heard it. It was an abdominal strain that he was checked out with, and it was like a pelvic contusion. So his bum is bruised, and he's day to day. It's the official U.S. Men's National Team account put out there. But this is—you is know—he had to
1: be in a lot of pain to not yes, to not correct. finish that match.
0: And uh, this is a man who, a few days ago, went out and drew against England, and then today got his crown jewels racked.
1: Right, that's true. That's true. You know, I was telling my sister this earlier, and I think we've had this discussion before. The one thing, and there's not a lot that I think England gets right that we don't. Okay, I mean, I do love England. I think I would love to live there. Yes. I think I would love the culture there. Both of us have
0: been on record as scared to go back to London and and not just cancel the return trip. Exactly.
1: You've actually been there before. I never have. So I'm afraid that I'll just never want to leave once I go there. Or it'll be the biggest disappointment of all time. But um, listen, one of the things that England for sure gets right that I wish we could do is we should be able to knight Christian Pulisic. (laughs) He should be Sir Christian Pulisic. I love that they can do that with athletes. And if there's anyone that deserves to be knighted, I mean, it's him after the performance today. It was it was a gutty performance by all 11, well, 11-plus. 11 what was it, 14, I guess, total? Right. They got in the game. Um, I thought Burhalter, for all the S that we've given him, Ryan, I thought he pulled some good strings today. I thought bringing in Zimmerman and I uh, can't remember who was the other sub late that came in with Zimmerman. Shaq Moore. Shaq Moore, that's right. Bringing them in when he did, you know, at a time where, you could tell that the back line is, and it was brought up on the broadcast. The back line was starting to leave a little bit too much space. Yeah. And Iran was trying to run in behind. And you could see Zimmerman, I don't know if you noticed this on the broadcast, he comes in and he immediately goes, five four one. Yeah. And I was like, right. that's what I want to hear. Yeah, exactly. Let's pack it in. Let's, you know, let's kick the ball out. Let's send it long. You know, if there's a few little complaints, it's late. You know, like, you know, not taking the ball to the corner at the end to see the game off. Yeah. But for the most part, really from about the 80th minute on and this is another thing and you're you're doing your show so you probably can't hear the broadcast but it was brought up on the broadcast and it's something that you have to you have to watch soccer to understand there's an art form to seeing off a game when you have a lead yeah and I thought for the most part the United States did a really good job of two things a, not falling into the trap and committing silly fouls yeah, and giving Iran a bunch of set-piece chances. We saw the one they had at the near post that almost scored. Right. Right? And and they were trying to get other fouls and going down in the box. We saw that with VAR at the end. Yeah, they played for the
0: penalty there. When you
1: saw VAR as a fan of the Premier League, how much did your heart stop?
0: So, on the – The first initial, when it happened and the ball goes out and you see the Iranian players doing the rectangle, the VAR, I was like, oh, God. It was 90 minutes of heroics, of tenacious soccer. More like 98 minutes. Yeah. And and then I was like, and we're all going to be undone. And then the first replay, I was like, no way. Yeah, exactly.
1: There's no way. Exactly. And I, in fact, I actually I actually said out loud, I said, I don't want to see the replay.
0: Right. And then they showed it and I was like, What are we doing? Why are we looking at this? And it didn't even look like it actually went into a VAR check. Like and again, this is when I had to turn the volume down. But based off of what was flashed on the screen, it looked like They were Iran, just checking to Iran's, see if it needed to be like, VAR stop play and we right. were basically like, We are not going right. to throw this ball in until you have VAR checked this bad.
1: Play. Yeah, there was nothing
0: there. So, there was nothing there. Same on the handball with Shaq yeah. Moore. It well, rolled anything, up his body. If anything, it looked like the handball on the Iranian forward. It looked like his arm right. was in front of Shaq right. Moore's. Right, which which would have ruled out that goal if they had scored
1: from that. Right. So, so Yeah, it was it was a really good performance. I mean, well, and, at one point, there was a stat that came up with about 60 minutes into the match, and it was entries into the final third. Did you happen
0: to see when they flashed that stat up? Uh-uh. 41-10. Yeah. U.S. Men's National Team. I I mean, it was
1: a dominant performance.
0: Yeah, and I saw after – so not during the game, but after the game, kind of going through some of the athletics breakdown of it because, again, I didn't get to listen to any of the post-game stuff, which really killed me because I I loved that. Uh, I was saved from whatever rant I'm sure Alexi Lalas went on, which I, I love the passion. It's all there. But after seeing like 4 of those in the last 2 weeks, I'm good.
1: He was actually pretty good today.
0: Yeah. He did he did do the
1: same thing as you. One of the first things he did was give it up to Josh Sargent. Nice. Nice. So, of course, that's
0: just some redheads sticking yeah, together Yeah, th- that's true. Uh sticking together, but um, I saw that the US had 47% of their box entries in the whole tournament have come off of crosses. Today tracked with that, the the tournament average is 37%, which right. I think that makes sense with how well Anthony Robinson Serginio Des, Timothy Wea, uh, with how well those guys have played, math checks out. Christian Pulisic, and that kind of highlights the. Not to get off on this tangent, but I know that P folks a two-striker system guy. But right. if, if you're right. gonna, if your primary offense is gonna be crossing the ball to exactly. the box, he's the exactly. poster. But no, I, the
1: I agree. I agree. Uh, my my deal on the, and I, again, I don't want to revisit it. This is a positive podcast. But if he's if he's a two-striker system guy. Question is, you got four years, or even if it's two years, you can move him from a two striker system. You can teach him that in two years. Yeah. If you want to take the time to do that. The question is, who's the best at putting the ball in the back of the net? Yeah. And and look, we'll never know the correct answer to that. And again, this is nothing against Josh Sargent, who was really good today. If but it, it would have been nice to be able to bring a guy like P. Folk off the bench.
0: Yeah. And, and it shows something that a, a really nice highlight of what the Americans have done really well all tournament long, which is have a very, very organized, compact defensive structure, spearheaded by that midfield. And the the way that you can have an Nancy Robinson and a Sergino Desk attack the flanks forward is if there's an understanding. The number of times that Musa saw that, hey, Dest is taken off, and for the 20-year-old to, to not get caught up in the moment and realize, I need to slide back in, slide over to right back, and just park it here for a little bit and make sure that this team has balance against an Iranian side that wants to counterattack – I thought that was so mature, and that's what's so exciting. Yeah, about can I tell you something midfield. else
1: that's gone under the radar, too? The U.S. men's national team has not allowed a goal from open play. Yeah. In this yeah. tournament. And I think that's kind of not been talked about enough. Um, we talked, in the midfield's been great. Obviously, Christian Pulisic has been really good. But the back four has been very solid. And, and between Adams coming back in midfield sometimes and – other guys in the back four helping each other out. It feels like the teamwork, the which is another underrated part of soccer that I don't think people realize and it's what I love about basketball. It's it's a lot of the same help defense tendencies. Yeah. You know a guy gets beat, you got to help, everyone's got to rotate and help the helper, you know. And and I feel like we've done a really good job of that this entire tournament.
0: Well, and they've done a really good job of that and they've done it with a guy in Tim Reem who was not really involved in World Cup right, qualifying. Right. And then, so Tim Ream and Walker Zimmerman through two games look great. And then Cameron Carter-Vickers, who, oh, by the way, has never played alongside yep. Tim Ream in the U.S. men's national team setup, comes in, and you would have never been able to tell that Carter-Vickers and Ream hadn't been the American back line, uh, the center back pairing, for the last three years because it was seamless. It, it didn't really matter. And then they were able to bring Walker Zimmerman back in, like you mentioned earlier, to settle things down yep. at the very end. I they thought They talked that about was, it
1: as well during the broadcast, you know uh... – uh, Kellen Acosta didn't play for the U.S. Men's. He was on the field when they didn't qualify in twenty eighteen, right. and then didn't play for two years. Yeah, so for two years he wasn't even a part of burhalter's system. Yeah, and he comes back, and you would think he's been there the entire time. The way he played, even as a sub today.
0: Yeah, it it it's just been because uh, we've been so caught up in the forward conversation and the lead up to the World Cup that there was four years of soul searching trying to figure out who the center back pairing. For the Americans right, was, right. and it just the the three that have played have all been outside of again the the penalty that was given up a, against Wales by Zimmerman. The three that have played, it's everything that you could ask for, right. and it's what's going to be needed as as the U.S. And, and Netherlands. We look forward to that, and uh tomorrow Wednesday night from eight to nine p.m. We're going to go heavy on that previewing, kind of w- what to look out for, uh, what what threat the Dutch bring. But I, I think too the the other big thing for me, in the game against Wales, the U.S. similarly played on the front foot in the first half. They got a goal. It was a Pooley assist instead of the Christian Pulisic goal. But you saw in the second half, and I know that this wasn't a tactical thing, this was the players invited that pressure way too, way too much right. and, and played on the back foot a lot against Wales. And I thought through maybe about the 70th minute, the U.S. did a really good job of two games later fixing that and still trying to, to push forward and not as far, and you didn't see them get disorganized, and it wasn't reckless, but still understanding that you need a second goal to kill this thing off so that you don't have to do what you did for the last 15 minutes of the game, which is hold on for dear life, and... I thought that was really, really mature. And then at some point— Yeah, try to get the second goal, but yeah. do it in a
1: smart way. Yeah,
0: and then at some point, it, it doesn't matter if you're playing Iran. It doesn't matter if you're playing Brazil. Whoever, when it's back against the wall, this team has to score to stay into the World Cup. For the last 20 minutes, you're not going to hold much of the ball. Right. are they're, they're going right. to attack recklessly, and that's where— you know, uh, the moment
1: again, it's just like basketball. Right. When that team starts pressing at the end of the game, when everybody's tired and they're desperate, a lot of times wild things happen. Yeah. Right. You've got to be able to take care of the ball. You've got to be able to make sure you're in the right spot, and you could because the mistakes are magnified. And yeah, I'm I'm with you. I thought uh, because I thought I tweeted out at halftime. I was like, now it's interesting because now Iran need the goal. Right. And now you know they're going to be on the front foot, and it never felt like they got things going on no. attack and to our credit you know i i thought it was a really good job um especially in midfield where i think we just bossed the match and i know we brought him up earlier but on his 20th birthday Eunice musa was really good yeah and he was really good today
0: it's just it's so exciting because we've talked about airtime was good too yeah, coming off the bench absolutely and he almost immediately um i, I was just so if you guys listen to regular a regular lineup, uh, I was watching the game with Chisholm, who who I do the show with, and I was explaining to Chisholm, um, okay, so the guy that came on for Pulisic, he's the one that I've been begging that if you can play Pulisic at a false nine, he's going to get out there and he's tireless and he's going to press and it can force mistakes, and Pulisic is clinical usually in those situations. Did then he Chisholm gets out turn
1: his head sideways like a dog when you said false nine? Like,
0: what are you talking about? Yeah, I was, I was explaining <laughs> – well, because he, he was talking about like – why, why is the Americans not just have, like, a 6'5 dude? And then we were getting into a discussion of, well, if they're 6'5 in this country, they're probably getting pushed somewhere else sure. uh, sport-wise. And so he's like, well, that makes sense why they're lacking it forward then. Yeah, um,
1: coincidentally, uh, you know, Erling Holland's from Norway, but the Norwegian men's basketball team is not yeah, very good. Yeah, weird, yeah, weird. <laughs> uh, starting, starting
0: at shooting guard for the Norwegian <laughs> men, Erling, Holland, what a waste that would have been.
1: Doesn't happen.
0: But, yeah, to see Aronson get out there and have two moments, really, um, the Immediately in the box where it looked like he was going to get a, uh, a really great chance for the United States. And then um, on the near touchline where where the Iranian defense wasn't able to even spring out. And I thought that was the biggest thing is that for a while the Iranian defenders felt pinned back. So I thought that was a, a, a lot of what Aronson was doing pressing uh, up top, which, which made me really happy. And then, again, like you mentioned, Tactical fouling and committing stupid fouls that needlessly give away set pieces. That's a tough balance. And for this midfield to be so young and to get it right today, that made me so happy. And and again, not to take anything away from this team, but we know the whole point
1: is to learn from it, right? The whole point is to learn
0: for For 2026. And they're learning literally from Wales to now. Yeah. And you can see some of the growth already. So to see that, and then now I'm really fascinated to see how they attack this game against. The Netherlands, because again, like I said, we're not going to get too deep into it because we're that's going to be a lot of the soccer show tomorrow. But uh, like, if you listen to the the pre match coverage, it was a kind explanation of what the U S had done. Where Clint Dempsey was talking about how the first two games of a World Cup, everyone's really cagey, like don't give it away now, right. and, and then, then, the then it opens is, up, yeah. and then the U S had. Two shots on goal combined in the first two games. They have five tonight. Right, right. Uh, itself. I'll be interested to see what their tactic is because they're going to come up against a, a Dutch team that has all the experience you'd want at the back between De Lick, Virgil van Dijk, and De Vries. Um, they've got wingbacks that are going to try and pin their ears back and, and run at the uh, at Dest and Anthony Robinson. Gakpo's on a heater yeah, right now. Gakpo's too. on a heater. You've got Memphis Depay. I, I love Man Blazers
1: keeps tweeting, and it's so true. Every time he scores at the World Cup, Man United are just paying more and more money. Well, for did him. did you?
0: Uh, so Roger Bennett did an interview with Jesse Marsh yesterday. Right. right. And uh, Jesse Marsh, when he was asking, uh, Roger was, outside of the U.S., who are some of the people that you, you look at and you root for. And he's like, well, obviously, anyone that I've managed in the past, all that stuff. And he's like, you know, at Leeds we tried to get Cody Gakpo, and it just didn't work out. And he's so young, and just see him continue to score goals. He's like, and that's going to make it harder for us to come back and get Gakpo. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, it's that, that ship is sold. I'm Driving the
1: price up, too, is all he's doing for Man United.
0: Yeah, so it, it's going to be a really fascinating matchup, too, because, look, the rest of the way, unless there's carnage in the knockout stage, which would be a ton of fun, the U.S. are not going to step on the field and be the more talented team. Right. Top to bottom. But that doesn't take away – that doesn't mean they can't go out and win these games because of their sure. defensive structure and how they've played. And now you've got two listen, teams that listen,
1: are – Listen, listen, all you need to tell people, and and some people won't understand this. You and I get it. People that are soccer fans will get it. And and you can, you can put it into context for them. Greece won the Euros one time. Right. Right, like it—it it
0: just takes to really get on a heater for a week and a half. Well, you talk about the last year as an Italian team that missed out right. on the they, two World exactly. Cups surrounding exactly. the European Championships, went yeah. into England and exactly. beat England. Yeah, and so it's,
1: if it—it it just needs to fall the right way. For I mean, Bradford City made a cup final. Yeah, like four or five years ago. Of uh,
0: Swansea, uh, Wigan beat Man right. City in the FA Cup one year. Yeah, and I—I I just think it's a ton of fun that the Netherlands have. They have a lot more recognized veteran help to kind of blend in with the the young team. But coming into the tournament, the Robin Dutch – Robin
1: Van Persie ain't walking through that door, right. though.
0: But, but coming into the tournament, the Dutch were like, hey, this is kind of a younger team on a different timeline, and they think that they can be frisky coming out of Group A, and, and once you get to the knockout, who knows. But it's kind of fun that the U.S. – to a lesser extent because it's a way younger team. There, there's no Virgil van Dyke's on this U.S. team. I just think it's really fun that these are the two teams that are going to match up in the knockout, and I think it should be really fun on Saturday morning.
1: It should be, and I know we're going to do a lot more tomorrow of previewing Saturday and kind of previewing the matches. That And, again, we're recording this on Tuesday night after the yeah. men's national team game. We'll be previewing or reviewing tomorrow's matches on the soccer show. Uh, and we are the soccer show. Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic are our sponsors here. I, I do want to point this out, though. I don't know about you, but I've kind of fallen in love with Senegal a little bit. They are a lot. Their yeah, fans are incredible. Uh, Alou Cisse, their manager, is amazing. Yeah, he's, he's a got of fun a really cool look. Looks like a guy that you'd run through a wall for. Yeah. Um. I thought that match with Ecuador today was one of the best ones of the tournament, with considering what was on the line. Yeah. For you know, they were basically that was the same scenario as USA Iran. Yeah. Except Senegal needed to win.
0: And Ecuador needed the draw. Ecuador played the role of Iran because well, the four matches today, two of them have been the the Dutch. It's a DFU situation against Qatar, and the same with England and the and Wales. same with England yeah. Wales. And so the the two matches where one team had to win, I thought they delivered. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So so Senegal score first,
1: and you're like, oh my god, just like the United States did. Right, and then Ecuador respond and then Senegal immediately get yeah. the winner. It was it was really a crazy kind of 10-minute span there. Um I've kind of fallen in love with them and listen, I know again they beat Iran Iran 6-2 and I know they won 3-0 today, but England are not in the best form right now. That's that's going to be a dangerous match for them against Senegal, I think.
0: Yeah. It 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 should be um This is the World Cup coming in where everyone said with all the injuries and how tight everything is and the condensed timeline, weird stuff, unpredictable stuff is going to happen. For me, I've really struggled. I've talked to a couple of friends about this, that through the first game and maybe the first half of the second games that were played – It's been a struggle with everything going on in the background with the tournament to really lock in. and and this. It feels very
1: exhibition-y in some of the other matches. Yeah,
0: it's hard. Even with the men's national
1: teams, just being this time of year, it feels very exhibition-y. And
0: so it's been hard at, at some points to really lock in and be like, this is the World Cup. I think today the first, third games of the group's, Right. It felt like yeah. the World Cup no again. Because it was no professional performances from Netherlands and England just to see that thing out, and it was desperation all over the pitch for both USA, Iran, and Senegal Ecuador. Yep.
1: Uh so tomorrow, and again we'll we'll recap these matches on the soccer show tomorrow night, but tomorrow you got group C, which is fascinating, with Poland on four points, Argentina on three points, they play each other. And then Saudi Arabia is on three points, and Mexico's down there on one, and they play each other. So, technically, if Mexico beats Saudi Arabia, and if Poland beat Argentina, Mexico can still go through, even though they're currently set in last place in the group. Right. They're going to need some help. Yeah. Because if Argentina just get a draw against Poland, then that would put them basically in a better situation than Mexico, I think, if I'm doing my math right. Um, so We,
0: um... We need Argentina to qualify second out of Group C. Why is that? Because I'm pretty is that sure. Who, is that who the U.S. would play in the next round? I'm pretty sure that's the matchup is the Bring C, on Messi. The we C, don't care. The, the 1C versus 2D, I think that's who would be we matched don't up care. with the winner. Bring
1: on Messi. In fact, I'd rather with this. Yeah, Would you rather play Messi or Lewandowski
0: with this back four? I think that's a legitimate question. I, I would probably rather play Lewandowski because I have more faith in the American midfield to limit the ball funneling into Lewandowski's okay. feet as opposed to fair enough. Argentina having a lot more talent. Fair
1: enough. But I feel better about having a chance to score against Argentina's back four.
0: That's fair. Well, you know what's going to happen. going to send his ass home and then he's going to come mope to Miami. Right.
1: Exactly.
0: What's and, gonna and this happen- has been here's, getting way here's ahead of yourself, really radio. Here's
1: what we really need. We need a Poland Argentina draw and we need Saudi Arabia yes. to beat Mexico. Yes. And let's
0: get the Saudis in round yes. number two. Uh hey, we played against a mostly Iranian crowd. We'll again we'll get way ahead of ourselves and just be like, Yeah, the US, they're gonna somehow by the find a way, way to win another knockout match.
1: Let's say let's say it is let's say it is Saudi Arabia. The second place team in group D is gonna be either Australia, Denmark, or Tunisia. Right, So, that wouldn't be a bad matchup if you want to make a deep run. Um, So, we've got those games tomorrow in Group D, France, Australia, Denmark, Tunisia. I think, am I right, is it France-Denmark tomorrow? No, France-Tunisia tomorrow. France-Tunisia tomorrow in Group D, and then Denmark against Australia. And Denmark and Australia, basically exact same scenario as USA-Iran. Australia have one more point than Denmark, so Denmark need to get a win to advance in that group. So... Yeah, it's. Uh,
0: I'll do my job. It's a lot of fun, and I'll actually have the real bracket pulled up by the time we soak around tomorrow, so that we can recklessly speculate. Um, I have a hard
1: time online finding a good bracket.
0: Yeah, it, yeah. So it looks like. And
1: let me just say this while you're looking up the bracket. Thank God for the United States of America for multiple reasons. A, because it's the greatest country in the world. Eagle scream. Second, because. If it
0: weren't for us, Concacaf would just be showing its you know what to the entire world. Well, and they went out and, and they put the Concacaf in. They did what now? They put the Concacaf in. Yeah, in the hotel. That's right. The Concacaf. And, and this right. is how the region right. is going to
1: repay them. Uh, Costa Rica take a seven nil in match one. Canada's already eliminated one of the bigger disappointments of the tournament because I thought they maybe had a little juice for this thing. Um. Yeah, okay. And then Mexico's probably going to be eliminated as well.
0: Winner Group C versus runner-up of Group D is the one that's partnered with the Netherlands and United States. That plays on the same day, which means that they will play in the knockout. Okay. Whew. So, again, so
1: basically, Whew. what are your predictions tomorrow? Poland-Argentina, what do you think is going to happen? Uh,
0: I think that Argentina's going to win.
1: Okay, so then we would play the winner of Argentina and probably Denmark? Probably. Because you have Denmark probably over Australia. Yeah. So, you know, again, won't be easy. But if somehow it can be Poland and Denmark, or maybe even Saudi Arabia, and yeah. Denmark, that would be a dream.
0: Well, and this is again, this what is if it's Saudi Arabia and Tunisia? Ugh. that's possible. Wow, well, that, long
1: shot, but it's possible. That
0: I, I, almost would prefer that not to happen, because then if you lose to the Netherlands, that makes it that much more right, excruciating that's true. that you're
1: like, when the Netherlands goes, out and wins that one's five nil. You're, you're just
0: like, you're just like, the path was there for an unlikely semifinal yeah. run. But hey, th- that's the beauty of what we're talking about is that you get into the knockouts. And the United States doesn't have to be better than the Netherlands. Right. They've just got to be better than the Netherlands Saturday morning at 9 a.m.
1: That's right. Now, our coverage is obviously not going to stop because the U.S. men's national team is not stopping, we hope, for quite a while. Um, so, we will have coverage again on Saturday after the match. It's going to be hard to figure out a time because I'm going to be calling college basketball yeah.
0: on Saturday. So, we'll luckily, it's a 9 a.m. You're, hey, you're going to get to hear a lot of Todd and I not in the same room right. uh, over the next couple of days that – We'll do our best to make the audio sound as yep. as nice as possible, but uh, the tomorrow more night I'll thing be getting the content out there.
1: Yeah, tomorrow night I'll be broadcasting from Warrensburg, Missouri, in a gym while UCO goes through a shoot around. Yeah, and then uh, let's see, and then uh, uh, Saturday I'll be broadcasting probably from either my hotel or courtside as we're getting ready for the women's game. Well, we
0: might even have to just call each other Saturday. Yeah, because might have to do that too, un- unless I want to make the trek up to uh, the station. We'll, we'll figure see. it out. We'll figure, we'll figure it, all it out. out well, we but got we'll you be covered.
1: Here. We got you covered. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun, Ryan. It should be a whole lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I do know I think tomorrow, uh, on the soccer show, I think you're trying to link up with someone from American Outlaws. Yeah. From the local branch as well to kind of talk about what they've got planned for this Saturday. For sure. I know that Black Friday, a lot of people were able to get out to the watch parties. I know that there are a lot of people that took off work today. Yeah. But there's no there's no OU football. There's no OSU football. Don't got to worry about a Big 12 championship Neither game. Neither one's in the Big in 12 the championship. God love them. OU basketball starts at 11. You can watch the men's national team and then catch that at halftime. Yeah. You know, OSU basketball I think is off on Saturday. If they do play, it's later. Um, there's no excuse for you. not It's 9 a.m. Yes, it's a little early. You're up getting ready for 11 a.m. kickoffs usually on Saturdays anyway.
0: Look. The- and if, you,
1: if you're if you a real soccer fan, you're up on Saturday
0: mornings. Yeah, and, and the other part about it is. There's a very real chance, like the U.S. is going to be an underdog. They're probably going to be, I don't know if heavy underdog, but they're going to be a comfortable underdog against the Dutch. There's a huge chance that this is the la- the next World Cup game after this for the United States is going to be on opening day in 2026. There's nothing quite like a World Cup watch party. It's a, to go through that stress with a bunch of strangers and friends and, and beer in hand and all that is totally different than if you're just watching on your couch or anything like yep. that. And uh, it's one of the few times that pretty much everyone across this state gets to come together under one flag and get juiced. How many how many texts have you gotten from friends or people you know that are like, hey, can you explain this to me? A time. It's like, <laughs> there have been a time. Our group chat was firing off. Uh, we, we have a, a group chat with a bunch of guys that are soccer adjacent but don't really watch week in, week out. And uh, so much confusion on – what is happening here? What is this? Offsides. Why, why is there a magical yeah. force field that's pulling a goal right. off the board for the Americans? I know.
1: I, so I, we were at the same watch party on Friday, right? Uh, and I know you had to leave because you had your show. But at halftime, right after you left, I looked at my phone, and I had a text from my mom. Right. And it said, "Uh, here we go, questions. One, do they have, like, an out-of-bounds five-second rule in, like, basketball <laughs> Two, are they able to run the sidelines always, or is there a spot throw-in, like in basketball? Can right. you tell she's married to a basketball coach? Right. Three, there's green lines on the out-of-bounds area leading to white stripes. Is that the box that players must stay in like improper football? She's asking about the technical area. Right. She has no idea what that right. is. Four, how long can the goalie hold the ball before it must be thrown kicked away? Lots of time-wasting questions. Yeah, a lot. She circles back to that a lot here. Five, if they take too long, do they add time? Six, can the goalie pick the ball up at any time from any spot or only certain times from certain spots? Seven, do only certain players get it kicked to them when it's kicked back to your own side, or can anyone get it? I don't know what that
0: means. I think at this point she's just grasping. Eight. She She's trying to get That was the back pass question was the one, the most asked question from really? me during the USA-England game was, okay, hold on, why couldn't he kick up pick up the ball here, but then he, like, right. headed it back, and yeah. I was like, ah, it's, yeah, welcome. It's one
1: of the least complicated but most complicated <laughs> soccer rules. Correct. Um, 8. What's the purpose of the free throw type half circle at the beginning of the box? She's talking about the D yeah. at the top of the box, right? 9. Is it a strategy to not have as many defenders against England on the United States goal because it seems England is way more aggressive? I think basically what she was asking is why don't you push everyone forward? Right. 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 And then uh <laughs> the final question number 10. Rate the first half 1 to 10. <laughs> 1 is one is the worst, 10 is the best. And I was I, I actually I, spent I, the entire halftime responding to that text.
0: Yeah, I think I would give the first half against England a seventeen seventy six on a scale of one to ten. <laughs> I gave it a six point five only because we didn't score. Ah, very we had true. If it scored it would have been a, a nine or a nine and a half, I said. But it's this has been a lot of fun. Um it's it's this World Cup with the result today against Iran is officially labeled a success and it's house money right. time. Yep. It's house that's money right. time. So. Yeah,
1: and you're right. Either on Saturday you're going to have the experience of meeting up with some friends, having some cold drinks, and just enjoying a watch party and, you know, living out the tension with other people. Or, that's worst-case scenario. Best-case scenario, you get to see maybe the biggest win in U.S. soccer history. Yeah. I mean, we've only been to the quarterfinals one other time. That was in 2002. Um, and it would. And like you said, not only would it get us in the quarterfinals, but if things fall the right way, it would give us a legit chance to get into the semifinals. Which would be mind-blowingly amazing. Yeah. Real quick question, just on 2026. Now it is confirmed they're going to the 48 team tournament, right? Right. I'm guessing because there are three host countries, do we all play on opening day?
0: Uh, yeah. I, I probably would probably like an afternoon,
1: early evening, late evening type yeah, of
0: deal. Yeah. I, I wonder too. First off, who's going to be pot A, pot B, pot C? There's right. going to be knives that come out for that. But the other thing would be well, 48
1: teams. We have 16 pots, right? Yeah. Are there three team pots? Yeah. So that goes to what? We're going to have, like, pot pee.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be awesome. And then the the other thing, too, would be – so I wonder if – does the U.S., Canada, and Mexico all want to have their own opening ceremony? Yeah. Because that would open up the door then for – I bet they do it
1: all at the same time, kind of simultaneously. You know what I mean? Right. Because that would open
0: up the door for, okay, maybe instead – the US Everyone does one-on-one on well, every day. The US plays on they open the tournament on Friday and the afternoon game is just another game from one of the Right. and, and then maybe the other game in their group. Yeah, and then and then Canada yeah. opens up on Saturday and they have their own version of it and then Mexico opens up on Sunday right. they have their own version of it. So
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. It's going to be I mean, I'm obviously excited about it. I yeah. all I keep doing is watching when they pay in the crowd and just go, "I'm going to be there in 4 years." Well, and it's
0: going to be even better because We'll be we're, drunk. That's as, why we're be we're going to be drunk, and the crowds are going to be full. That's true. That's true. going to be full. So it should be a ton of fun. Thank you, as always, to Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic for their sponsorship of the soccer show, as well as for the World Cup, the U.S. Army, for, for stepping That's in. That's right.
1: That's right. Go to GoArmy.com. Uh, obviously, you know the U.S. Army is very highly motivated to get involved when the World Cup comes around. Anytime that we have a chance to show how great we are as a country, the U.S. Army is involved. So uh, if you or someone you know is interested in joining the Army, obviously lots of great benefits there. If you go to the Army, you get hired more than just a normal candidate because that means that you are driven to succeed, much like our soccer team. So uh, go to GoArmy.com if you have any more interest about that. And thanks to them for their sponsorship during the World Cup
0: as well. Ryan, we did it. Yep, that'll do it for us today. Like I said, Wednesday night, 8 to 9 p.m. in our normal slot. And as always, tell your friends about us. Tell your friends. Go
1: go on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to our podcast. It's very simple. It doesn't cost anything to subscribe. It's good for us. Same with Spotify. Yeah, it lets us know that people are listening. It lets us know that you're out there. We want to pump out this content for you. So just subscribe. Uh, you know, listen when you
0: can and share us when you can. Absolutely. That's Todd Lizabee. I'm Ryan Chapman. We'll be back Wednesday night to do the full preview of USA Netherlands plus everything else that we didn't really get into from this World Cup and uh, should be a ton of fun as we look forward to a round of 16 knockout tilt on Saturday morning. Until then, we'll talk to you guys next time.